Amen. I have a word for this brother in the very back row. You're an African-American gentleman. I, I, I don't know who you are. I can barely see you, but I, I felt the hand of God just all over you. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit is taking you to a new level. You have been in a dry place, but God is saying, I'm going to bring you into an oasis of my presence, and you're going to experience rivers. There's a gifting in you. There's a call on your life. There's a desire in you, and you've been asking God for more. Lord, I, I know there's more. There's more. Is that right? If it's not right, just tell me I'm wrong. Is that right? There's a call on your life. God has put, put his spirit upon you. In fact, I even see you writing. You're putting something in writing. You brought some things before God, and you've written it in some kind of a book. You put some things in writing. You've written it down, and you said, Lord, there's some things that I need to bring before you right now, and I need some answers, clear answers, and the Lord is the God. He's the army of the hosts of heaven, and he's going to answer you. And you know, you know I, I see family members. I see God doing a, an amazing healing in family, touching your family. Is that true? Have you been praying for family? I just sense the Lord just said, I'm gonna, I've heard your prayers. I've seen the intercessions of your heart. There's a hunger in you. Praise God. Guess what? I'm over here worshiping the Lord, and the Lord gave me this word about this young man. I, I've known him. He visits us, but the Lord just said, you're a giant killer. You know what? There's been a call. There's been a hunger. There's been a cry. Just a deep cry in your heart, Lord, there's more. God has put the mantle of David on your life you're going to slay Goliath right now God is he's kind of hidden you, you you're, you're taking out some lions and bears remember David before he went into battle he says God has given me the power to stop the paw of the lion and the bear and I just saw the Holy Spirit over tell him my spirit is upon him God is developing a song He's developing your walk with the Lord. There's going to be a day when you're going to actually shepherd God's people. You're going to break some traditions. Some traditions that you're part of because God's taken you farther. Remember David's house, Jesse and his sons. They weren't ready for what God was doing in the life of David. David moved on because David heard. He walked in the anointing. He walked in the presence of God. And I just see you walking in a newness of God's presence because you've been saying, Lord, there's more. There's more. Not only that, God has given you a heart for your generation. You have a heart for your people, your young people. And you have a, you just have a spirit of, of um, a leadership. But I sense the presence of the Lord was all over you. And uh, get 
ready for the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Expect greater things. Can I pray with you? And by the way, does this pray with you? I just sense the Lord. By the way, your family is going to be greatly affected by this. I know a little bit about his family, so I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know. But I'm just saying God's calling you higher. God's calling you, Drew, Brian. He's going to open your mouth. He's already put a message in there, but he's going to stir you up. Paul said, stir up the gift. Remember what Paul said to Timothy. He says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He's opening your mouth. He's opening your surroundings. You're going to be working working in the word of knowledge, you're going to be given people that are twice, three times your age, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You're going to be speaking to people my age and they're going to be profoundly blown away by what you know. And it's not by you, it's by the Spirit of God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for that anointing. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing something greater than he can even imagine. Your word says, Lord, to those who love you, it hasn't even entered into their heart seen it, they haven't even heard it the things which God has prepared for them there's a call, there's a pastoral call, a call, there's a shepherd's heart there's the heart of a shepherd I I see you actually moving into youth ministry wow your hands are anointed to lay hands, cast out devils heal the sick the hands move these hands, you're going to shake the hell shake the hell out of people. Wow. It's going to happen. Praise God. Wow. Get ready. The Lord's even moving on you, young man. Even in your own heart, there's been a stirring. At times, there's been confusion. times, you've wondered, Lord, what am I even here for? You've cried out, what? Why am I here? What is going on? There's been times where you have secretly just wept, brought some things. Lord, I can't figure it out. I can't seem to get it. But the Lord's going to come to you as a light. I just see the Lord opening your mind and your heart to see things. I'm going to open your spiritual eyes. I baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You're not going to be the same, saith the Lord. There's an anointing upon you to hear the voice of the bridegroom and a heart again, even for this generation. Wow, there's an anointing. I see you like Aaron the priest. There's an amazing prayer ministry. You're an intercessor to intercede. There's a prophet, the mantle of a prophet. that's going to shake and rivet people to their boots. But they're going to turn to the Lord. Get ready! Don't wait and say, well, someday. No, now. Now. I'm calling you now. I put my hand on you now. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Oh, young man. God has chosen you like Jeremiah. Do not say, I'm a child. Do not say, Lord, I'm too young or I can't talk. 
I'm going to loosen your lips like a river. There's going to be a river that's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to be life to people in desert places. I'm raising this generation up. Satan will not have this generation. We bind the powers of the enemy of this generation. I even see you using technology. And you, I, I don't know about you, but I, I just see you understanding computers and you have a real grasp on technology. And do you, are you smart that way? You've got a real, are you like a computer person that really knows things like that? But I, I just see God using you to communicate and social media connect and with people you don't even know. And just, God has his hand on you too. I'm going to do something right here. You're going this way. And God is saying, stop and turn around and go the other way. It's just as far as the direction. You've been going one direction. He's saying, stop. It's time to go towards a high calling of God in Christ. It's just sense that powerful anointing on you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Forgive me. I have to share these things. Would you stand up for me? Come here. Praise God. This is a wonderful sister in the Lord. An amazing woman of God. I said I can walk now too. She came through surgery. But but I I just want to say something to you. The Lord told me to say this when we were doing communion. Tell her this. She's one of my favorites. You're one of my favorites. The enemy has had his way with you for so long. And he has beaten you down. I saw you like a crushed... I don't know why I saw this... It's probably because I'm on this fruit diet. I don't know why. I've been on a fruit diet with my wife lately. And I want to tell you, folks, I hate vegetables and fruit. I mean, because I'm breaking some bad habits. But I saw you like a crushed grape. Just grapes that were crushed. And as the enemy just has his way, just walks all over you. The Lord is renewing your mind. The Holy Spirit is coming to give you a brand new outlook. He's going to give you an uplook. He's transforming you from glory to glory. And not only that, you have a word. You have a gift. You have something that supplies the need of the body. You're not a spectator. You're not broken. You're not some has-been or cast-off or just an accident even though the Lord's here to tell you he's broken the generational curse the curse is broken and you are not looking back do not look behind you anymore the Lord renews your mind he is the resurrection in the life he comes to raise the dead he comes to speak glory instead of shame power instead of weakness. He comes to give rivers 
even in the desert. He is going to make you a worshiper. You're going to worship the Lord through the worst of times. And you're going to come to the house of the Lord with a word of testimony and breakthrough. And you're going to declare that our God is an awesome God. He's an awesome God. You know what? Stop thinking that you're different. You're not different. You're created exactly the way he wants you to be. I just, I, I used to don't say this because, it, but God is saying he wants you to like yourself. He wants you to relax. Like you. He likes you. He loves you. When, when he said, tell her she's my favorite, there's no one else like you. You have some gifts that are buried that he wants to raise up because your confidence is gone. The Lord is here just to release a river of confidence. When you're, when you're, the image of who you are is changed from the orphan spirit to a daughter, you're going to start seeing, wow, God can use me here and God can use me there. I, I can meet that need. You're, you and your husband, major blessing. Major blessing. Father, we thank you for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Lord, you come to release the captive. You come to anoint afresh. Amen. Lord, she's not a problem. She's not in the way. She's a blessing. We declare that in Jesus' name. And everyone, amen. God is really good. He's really, really good. He's not a liar. He doesn't trick you. He's not out to scheme and set you up for failure. He's really, really good. And he wants you to know he comes to reward his people. Not because you earned it. In fact, God is so good, he knows how to take something that's so bad, turn it around, give you a testimony... And use the worst to make your life a blessing to others. You see, but, but I've got to have that knowledge of Jesus. I've got to know he's really good. Amen. Everyone say, God is good. Say it one more time. God is good. One more time. God is good. Wow. And you know, when God is good, all of a sudden we start thinking good thoughts. We start producing some great things. You are made in God's image for a reason. Because the goodness that you experience is the greatness and the life that the world begins to see and say, I want what you got. I want what you have. You've got it. Everyone say, you got it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got it. 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 Young people, you got it. CJ, you got it. Praise God. Mike Greek, you got it. Judy, you got it. Praise God. Shirley, you got it. Praise God. God is coming to do something amazing, miraculous. 
I want to share something with you this morning. It just this morning, I've never had this happen, but I uh, before. It was right before I got out of bed this morning. I had a dream, and the Lord gave me this dream, and uh, I was in a house, some house. I don't know what house I was in, but my there was a piano in this house, and. Uh, I was wandering around in this house and I saw, it's kind of like, it kind of goes along with what Randy was saying, but in a different angle on this thing. I was in this house in this dream and I saw my father-in-law, by the way, who's in, in heaven, and another leader. And for whatever reason, they were trying to fix some broken plumbing under a sink. Now, I, I would I would never put this pastor and my father-in-law together. I mean, have you ever had strange dreams that just don't make sense? Why, my father-in-law? I'm thinking, what in the world is Pastor David Shock and my father-in-law working on plumbing? They're not plumbers, and and they're having a difficult time fixing this plumbing. Did, Carol, did I not tell you this this morning? I, I told my wife this, I, I, and I woke up on this. So I saw a piano in this little family room. And as I went in, in my dream, when I went into this family room and I sat down on the piano, I saw what I thought was a choir in the kitchen. And they were all getting lined up. And they were all, come, get in line, get, get in line. And they were, and these choir members were saying this, he's getting ready to sing. He's getting ready to, he's getting ready to sing. And I'm looking and I, and I, in my dream, I said, Carol, what is a choir doing in the kitchen? And the Lord spoke to me, says, look again. And when I looked at these, what I thought was a choir, they were not people. They were angels. They were getting ready. But what they were saying, he's getting ready to play. He's getting ready. He's getting ready to do it. He's getting ready to sing. He's, he's st- and, 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 they were, and these angels were standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder. They were all concerned about getting in line. And this has never happened. But the Lord gave me a song. But here's the interesting thing. The first note that I played in my dream was the, the key of C. And as soon as I hit the first note, this amazing choir started singing. It was like they knew where I was going. And they started singing. And I got up and I wrote the words down. And this is... I got I to gotta read the words to you. I mean... It, it's a really a simple thing, but I wrote this well, evidently I didn't bring it with me. I thought I had it up here, but it was a simple song, and as I was playing this song, I'm looking at my wife and I said, do you in my dream, I said, "Do you hear this?" And the presence of God just fell on this house in my dream. 
in my dream, the presence of God was so rich and so real, so powerful. And I said, how do they know where I'm going with this song? And the Lord says, angels are your messengers. They're your servants. And as you sing, as you play, as you minister, they're singing. But what was so amazing was the atmosphere in the house changed. The power of God. Then I woke up. It's time to get up. We got up at 5.30 this morning. I go into the bathroom, and I just start crying. And the Lord said, all my people need is one second in my presence. Do you know all it takes is one second in the presence of the Lord will change you for life? One second. Now, I, I want to read a scripture to you. Because I, I, I believe God is wanting to baptize this church with a fresh baptism of his presence. Do you believe that? By the way, I see my ushers in the back. Would you guys let me preach first and I'll take the offering later? And thank you for your faithfulness. I, I just got carried away with this thing. But I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that I want to do, some, do a new thing. I want to do something fresh in the lives of this people. And that things that appear to be, listen to me, things that appear to be to you that may actually it sometimes look discouraging, harmful, things that may not look the way you thought they should be, sometimes is a disguise that the enemy places over what God is trying to do. How many of you believe the devil wants to destroy your faith? He's not interested in just discouraging you. He's not interested in killing you. He's not interested in destroying, stealing, killing your family, your finance, your home, your health, your wealth. That's not what he's after. He wants to put a wall between you and what God wants to do. Now, I, I want to take you to a scripture that's actually, in fact, the Lord gave me this word. I don't remember ever sharing this word in my life, but I want you to jump with me for a few minutes into 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And the Lord said, Ray, I want you to share this to the church this morning. This is not on my series. Some of you are going to know about this story. It's a story about Eli, who was a high priest during the days when Israel had the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represented the very presence of the Lord. How many of you know God's presence is the most important in our life? Eli was a high priest. In the days of the Ark of the Covenant at Shiloh, and we find here in this passage, I'm just going to jump for the sake of time. 
I want to go down to chapter 2, 1 Samuel 2, verse 12. It says, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. Notice it says, they did not know the Lord. Here were guys that were priests, father and sons, but their sons didn't know God, but yet functioning like me. They're functioning in a place of their priesthood, but the Bible says they didn't know God. Is it possible to come to church and not know God? And here we find here, I know it sounds a little negative here, but I I, I need to bring the preface and context of where I'm going. As was the priest's custom with the people was that when, by the way, if our kids need to go to class, they can dismiss. I'm sorry. I've kind of moving ahead here. The priest's custom with the people was that when anyone offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. They were offering their sacrifices. They would thrust it into the pan or kettle, condren or pot, and the priest would take it, listen to this, for himself all that the flesh flesh hook brought up so that they did this in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Before they burned the fat, the priests, by the way, they would take the fat away from the meat. The priest's servant would come and say to the people who sacrificed, Give meat for roasting to the priest, for he will not take broiled meat from you but raw. And if the man says to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you will take it as much as your heart Desires, He would then answer them, no, but you must give it now. And if not, I will take it by force. Therefore, the sin of these young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. In other words, what you had here is you had priests that were selfish. You had young men who were thinking only of themselves, and yet this thing was to be holy and sacred before God. All they were thinking about is what they could get out of it. And the Bible also says that these two young men slept with the women at the gate. In other words, they were were sexually immoral. And it says that uh, the Lord, now notice down in verse 22, and it says, and Eli was very old and his And he heard everything his sons had did in Israel, how they laid with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle. And he said to them, Why do you do such things? For for I hear of your evil doings from all the people. No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because, now this is, this is tough. This is Old Testament, but notice what it says, because the Lord desired to kill him. How many of you believe when we sing this morning, our God is an awesome God? It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. I felt the Lord say today, I want this house to be known for my presence. But in order for my presence to come into this house, my people need to honor me. Everyone say honor. 
God's presence is not cheap. God's presence does not come to abide in every place. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, Ray, what you're going to say today, some may be offended. But guess what? I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please him. I have to. The Lord said that the, the sons of Eli were corrupt. They were immoral. They were, they were doing things. They were, they, were the, they were part of the priesthood. By the way, we're all priests today. This is not, you may say, well, pastor, that's just for ministers, kids. No, no. If you're a true blue Christian, you love the Lord, you're a priest. And all of a sudden, notice what happens. Verse 27. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, let's stop right there. He doesn't give, a, give the name of the guy. He's a prophet who comes to Eli. By the way, how many of you believe we need to respond to the prophetic? We need to respond to when God speaks. I'm going to say something. Sometimes God speaks to us and we just kind of goes in one ear out. When God speaks, I need to listen. Everyone say listen. I'm going to listen. I want to listen to the Lord. And the man of God comes to Eli and he says, Did I not clearly reveal myself? to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I not choose him out of all the tribes to be my priest, to offer up on the altar an ephod, uh, to wear an ephod? Now let me stop and explain some things here. First of all, the man of God came and said, did I not clearly reveal myself? How many of you want God to reveal himself? Did I not? But he revealed himself to God's people who were in Egypt. God is saying, doesn't matter where you're at, I want to reveal myself. Then he says, and did I not choose them, verse 28, out of the tribes of Israel to offer upon my altar the burnt incense, notice this, and to wear an ephod. An ephod was an undergarment. I just call it for American you to grasp it, underwear. The priests were to wear a linen ephod and guess where? Over their private areas. It was to be made out of linen, not wool, because they were not to sweat in God's presence. When you come into God's presence, it's not about sweating. It's about resting. But they were to come and they were to be covered with a linen ephod. In other words, that linen ephod spoke of righteousness and purity and holiness and being separated unto God. Today, there's something I'm going to say that concerns me. I believe and then I embrace the message of God's grace and love. Do you embrace that? God's grace. Because of his grace, we stand. Because of his grace, there's hope. Because of his grace, we have a future. But God's grace was given so that we would live to the praise of his glory. It means that I'm a priest in my home. It means I'm a leader. It means that righteousness matters. I'm not under the law. I'm not under obedience. It means that I speak up where Eli did not. Eli said, all right, sons, you know what you did? You're sleeping around. You're messing around. You're not, you're taking the fat and the best of the offerings for yourself. And that's just a no-no. That's a no-no. The man of God says this. Listen to what the man of God says. 
The man of God said, by the way, this is all about God's presence. This is about his presence. Verse 28, And did I not give the house of your father and the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? In other words, God was saying when you offer up the sacrifice, you're going to see supernatural fire come. How many of you like to see supernatural life? The offerings were lit by fire that came from heaven. God is saying, in other words, I'm not going to accept your sacrifice because there's not going to be a fire. He said these offerings were to be made and made by fire. But why do you kick? You kick at my sacrifice and my burnt offerings, which I have commanded you in my dwelling place. What does it mean to kick? It means I have a casual, I don't really give a rip about what I'm doing. I'll do what I want. That's a dangerous thing. Giving God our tithes and offering. (laughs) We're not under the law. Prayer. We're not under the law. Forgiveness. Not under the law. We're just, we're all human. No, you're not human anymore. You belong to the Lord. You're a vessel. You've been bought with a price. You are now a priest. You're a king. Your body belongs to him. What comes in my body, through my eye gate, through my ear gate, the way I treat my body, how I expend my energy, all belongs to him. I See, contrary to the American ideology of we the people, for the people, by the people, it doesn't work in a kingdom theology. One of the things that has to happen in America today, I'm all for a republic. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, you are no longer the boss. He is. That's what it means for Jesus to be Savior and Lord. Where every knee shall bow. Every tongue confesses, Lord, I want, Lord, you to be the master of my life. I'm going to say something here. Because the Lord said, ask me a question this morning. Do you want my presence, Ray? I said, Lord, at any cost. This is what he told me. Not everybody here is saved. Well, pastor, mom told me that I just all I had to do was go to church. That doesn't make you saved. Some of you right now are going through a spiritual battle in your mind, and you might not even like me right now. This is not a message of encouragement and hope and building me up. No, no, it's a message of his grace. God's grace is not a license to continue in something that de-glorifies and strips the beauty of what he did for us at the cross away. My body, my life, my plans, my time, my purpose, my energy, my goals, my focus, who I marry, my friends, my job, my money, all belongs to him. 
And if you can't do that, I'm, 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 not, I'm not there yet. That's okay. It's okay not to be there. But say it the way it is. I'm not ready to surrender all yet. No condemnation. Well, Pastor, I thought salvation was a free gift. It is absolutely free. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't do enough to get it. You can't sacrifice. You can't die on your own cross to get it. But when Jesus died on the cross for you, he said this, these two words, follow me. What does it mean to follow him? It means he's first. He's king. He's Lord. It means I no longer allow my emotions, my feelings, even my anger to come between because he is in charge. Eli kicked the pricks. I don't care about God's sacrifice anymore. I don't need it. Casual, complacent, dangerous attitude. By the way, there are plenty of seeker-sensitive churches you can go to in Dallas. They'll stroke you. It's kind of like the frog in the kettle. How many have ever heard the story of the frog in the kettle? Put a frog in a kettle... You know, frogs just love to swim in water. But you know what happens when you turn up the heat with a frog in a kettle? It's comfortable in the beginning. In fact, it feels so good, they get so relaxed, but then they boil alive where they can't move. That's what sin does. How many of you know sin? Sin is pleasurable. Things like this. But here we have a, we have a priest who's confronted by a man of God who says, I chose to reveal myself. I chose to show myself. I chose to reveal myself by fire. But you kick at my offerings in my dwelling place. Notice this. And you honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Let me tell you something, folks. I have three wonderful sons. I have three wonderful sons. I love my sons. But there's times I need to talk to my sons. There's times when I need to say, we need to, we need to understand what the fear of the Lord is. You may say, well, Pastor, what if my kids won't listen? Keep talking and keep praying and keep encouraging. You don't have to beat them over the head with the Bible. You don't have to smack them. You don't have to say, well, you're going. Don't ever say this. You're going to hell if you don't repent, according to Pastor Ray. And I didn't say that. But we do need to be an example. We do need to make serving God fun. We do need to have unity in our marriage. Let me tell you something. The greatest hindrance of young people coming to the Lord is not bad preaching, not great programs at church. It's not because we don't have all the bells and the whistles. It's because mom and dad are not walking in the spirit of unity with the spirit of an unction and victory and faith in their marriage where their kids can look up and say, wow, 
I want to be, I want to experience what mom and dad have. Doesn't mean you don't have a bad day. Doesn't mean that you won't have some difficult times. But it does mean I want my kids to know that God is good even in the bad times. Well, Pastor Ray, did you always do that? No, I didn't. I wasn't always a great dad, but I guarantee you, I can't tell you how many thousands of times I had to go back to my boys and say, guys, I uh, blew it today. I didn't have the best attitude with your mom, and I was wrong. Do you know what that does to your kids? It makes them realize that when they are weak and they fail, that they can come boldly to the throne of grace and experience a father in heaven who's willing to forgive, willing to heal, and willing to restore them. But if you never take the opportunity to ever say as a father or a mother, I was wrong, you will have problems. It's important that parents do this. Boy, Pastor Ray, you're stepping on my toes. God heals our toes. He heals broken toes because he loves you. He loves you. By the way, I love you. Thank God I'm not like Jesus who turned around. Peter tried to encourage Jesus. Jesus, you're not going to go to the cross. Can you imagine someone saying, get thee behind me, Satan? That would clear the church right there. Get thee behind me, Satan. You savor us not the things of God, but of Satan. Jesus, I was just trying to help you. No, you don't have to do all those bad You're our Messiah. Jesus loved Peter. And then Peter had, Jesus had the audacity one day to tell Peter another thing. Satan's coming asking for you. Oh, he has? Yeah. He's coming to sift you. He's going to sift you like wheat. He's going to come and he's going to turn you upside down and he's going to shake you to pieces. You know what I would say? I'm glad you stood up for me, Jesus, and rebuked the devil, didn't you? Jesus didn't say that. He says, no. When Satan's done with you, and after you have left me, when you return, you're going to be a great blessing. You're going to strengthen your brethren. Jesus didn't rebuke the devil. Jesus didn't stop the devil. Now, I know that makes some charismatics really mad. I can't believe Jesus didn't stop this. Do you know it's so important for us to realize this? God never gives you anything, never allows us to walk through anything that he doesn't give us the grace to go through it. If he didn't, He is a liar. He's a liar. Anything I walk through in my marriage, my life, he gives more grace. And that grace is his favor. But it all comes down to this. I have to choose to receive it. I have to choose to believe it. I have to choose to trust in the Lord, in all my ways, and not lean unto my own understanding. I have to trust in Him. Notice what this man of God goes on to say. <clears throat> you honor your sons more than me. You make yourselves fat with the best of the offerings. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I indeed 
I said indeed that your house, the house of your father, would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those, and this is my key verse, those who honor me. What? Say it again. Those who honor me, I will honor. How many of you want to be honored by the Lord? But notice what he else he says. But those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off the arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. And I don't want to, it's a pretty bleak situation. It goes on, and you will see the enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God has done for Israel. You may say, well, wow, pastor, what a, what a word. What a word. How many of you believe we're preaching the word of God? This is not intended to be a negative word, but it is intended for us to realize God's presence will cost you. God's, how, how many of you want the blessing of the Lord? You may say, well, Pastor Ray, what, why, why are you talking like this? We're living in a society right now. I'm not talking about unbelievers out in our world. I'm talking about there is a move in the churches in our culture today. And thank God for the message of the Father's love. Thank God for the message of grace and, and mercy and, and, and transformation and new identity as sons and daughters. And thank God for that. But there's more. God has called us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God. What I see in this scripture is this. Some of you may say, well, pastor, that's Old Testament. Doesn't matter. How many of you believe the God of the old is still the God of the new? The only thing we're not doing is offering animal sacrifices. We don't need to, we, we don't have to. It's not about obeying the commandments or rules to gain access. I'm not telling you here to go home condemned to say, well, wow, I'm sure not doing a good job in my house, or I'm sure blowing. No, that's, that's not the purpose of this message. The purpose of this message is, 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 is probably, if I can reduce it to a question, am I really following Jesus and hearing his voice? Is he really glorified in my life, my home? Because I want his presence. I want his... How many of you experienced the blessing of the Lord this morning in worship? Was that not amazing today? There was something moving here. There was some things broken this morning. There was something released in the heavenlies. I want to encourage and empower every father, every mother, that you are amazing parents right now. Eli made what his responsibilities were a casual thing. He honored his sons more than he honored God. That's a dangerous thing. I never want to honor my sons more than God. What does that mean, Pastor Ray? It means that when I need to speak up, I need to speak up. 
It means that when I need to take the lead, I need... Yeah, but Walt Disney and Nickelodeon and all the movies and the way everybody's treating adults out there, and that seems to be the, the trend to hell with the trend. What does God's word say? Does that matter? I may only have five people here next week, Sunday. I'm, I'm looking at some... I'm not, what I'm, honestly, I want God's blessing on you more than you'll ever know. And I believe God's blessing is on you. But I want to tell you right now, I would never, I never want to make light of what I am to be in his presence. I need to be, I need to be a man of integrity. Carol, could you come here for a minute? I want to be a husband who loves my wife. Praise with my wife. A wife and a husband who's in unity so our kids can see the glory of God. I'm not up here in any way trying to shame anybody. What I'm telling you is if you want the blessing of the Lord to flow... I don't care if you've been divorced. How many of you know God can still work with blended families? He can. He can help you. He forgives you. He loves you. But he wants you to know that as a priest and a leader in your home, if you want the blessing and presence of God, we need to make a decision. I need to look in my wife's eyes. Carol? We're going to honor the Lord. It's not for show. We need to honor Jesus in our home. We need to honor Jesus with our kids. We need to honor the Lord by respecting each other, honoring each other. As for me, thank you, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anything less than that, thank you, honey. Anything less than that, you're a house divided. And a house divided, what? Cannot stand. One of the biggest questions I ask young people all the time. Oh, we're in love. We love Burger King. We love golf. We love snowing. We do the snowboarding. We ride bikes. They, They tell me all the things they have in unity. I'll ask them. Does the man or the woman you love love God more than they love you? What do you mean? Do they love God more than they love you? Here's the reason. If they don't love God more than they love you, guess what? It's going to be your relationship will be continually out of their own strength. And they won't make it to the end. If I don't love God more than I love her, guess what? It ain't going to work. Because Ray doesn't have the energy to love her. But when I love God, he becomes the source of my strength so I can love, I can forgive, I can communicate. But if it's all on me and I'm trying to, trying to get the energy to like this person again, you will not make it. Big, big, big issue. Is God first? 
And you may say, well, Pastor, you're really passionate about this. Yeah, I am. You know what? You read the story. Israel went into battle one day, and Eli was under the assumption because they had the ark that God would go with him because the ark in the Old Testament was a guarantee that when the ark goes before you into battle, you're going to win every battle. Did you know that under Joshua's lead, Israel was completely invincible? The Canaanites couldn't stop Israel because of this thing, this piece of furniture called the ark of God's presence. We don't have an ark. We don't have a physical ark today. We don't need it. We have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you know you're invincible? You aren't. Say, I'm invincible. You know, Pastor, I still got problems. I haven't got the things that I want. No, you are invincible. I can do all things through Christ. That's invincibility. We're more than conquerors. But what happened is Israel went into battle. While they were in battle, the ark was taken by the enemy. Hophni and Phinehas was killed in battle. And Eli, the high priest, notice what happened. The Bible says he was a fat man that fell backwards when he heard of the news about his sons being taken or killed in battle. And it said his neck was broken. What it represented was the head being separated from the body because of disobedience. Wow, Pastor Ray, this doesn't sound very encouraging. No, it's truth. I'm here to tell you, we don't have to live like that. We don't have to be an Eli. We don't have to go backwards. We want the fear of the Lord. How many of you want the blessing of God? Remember what the scripture says in 1 Samuel 2? Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who dishonor me, I will lightly esteem. What does this mean in closing? It means this. First of all, First of all, it means this, that you, got, you have a God who is so loving, a Father who loves you so much. And let me tell you about our Father. He's so patient. Do you know that our Father in heaven is so willing to allow you to go along in rebellion? He'll let you be in rebellion, possibly even for years. He'll let you drift away. He won't let go, he won't let go of you, but he'll let you do your own thing until you hit bottom like the prodigal, until you come back home and he'll receive you. He'll love you back. But he's patient with you. We live in a generation today that's, uh, that's instant. I don't, I don't see consequences. I got away with it. I got away with lying. Do you know what I heard? A statistic by Barna. Over 77% of people in the church, no, I should say this. This is actually among a younger, the younger generation, millennial, think, thinks that lying is okay. Do you know that lying is a sin? It's not okay to lie. By the way, it's not okay to lie for an adult. It's not okay to lie as a pastor. It's not okay for Pastor Ray to exaggerate. It's a lie. There's no such thing as a black lie, a white lie, a little lie, a black. It's all lying. Well, Pastor Ray, that's legalism. No, it's called the fear of the Lord. I don't want to lie to my wife. By the way, it's not a lie because my wife didn't ask me if I was lying. I could live a lie. 
I could go out and do something that lives a lie. She didn't ask. She doesn't know. You know the old Bill Clinton adage, what they don't know, don't ask, or don't ask, don't tell. That's still a lie. Not trying to make a political statement. I'm just letting you know our, our culture. I don't want to live a lie. I want to live truth. And I'm not up here trying to pat myself, oh, Ray, you are righteous. No, I'm not. I'll never forget one day after surgery years ago, I went to a surgery, one of the biggest surgeries, a back surgery in my back, and the doctor prescribed me some one of the worst pain pills. Some of those, And the doctor actually told me, Ray, when you get these pills, you are going to get addicted to these things. I did, wasn't really listening to that. I've never been on drugs, anything like that. Guess what? I got addicted to painkillers. And then one day my wife walked into my office and said, Ray, are you on something? And you know what I said? No. I lied to my wife. You know why? Because I'd come to the place where I, where I enjoyed the pills and the high and the, the stuff. Pastor Ray, were you pastoring this church? Yeah. I lied to my wife. I was an embarrassment to my sons. Finally, the Lord said, Ray, the blessing of the Lord will not remain on you as long as you lie to your wife. So I had to go back to Carol. I said, Carol, here's my bottle of pills. You take them from now on because I lied to you today. She said, you what? I said, I lied. I've got a problem. I become addicted like the doctor said. It took me months to get over the addiction. You may say, well, Pastor Ray, why are you telling us this? Because I want you to know that I'm going to be transparent with you. But I'm, I praise God for forgiveness. I praise God. And by the way, I don't go back to pain pills. I don't need that medication. To me, it's the gates of hell. Now, if some of you are on medication under doctor's care and you're not abusing, praise God. But I want to tell you something. This body, this body will glorify Jesus. I want his anointing. Smith Wigglesworth said this. I've never seen anointed man of God touch alcohol, take drugs, and do tobacco. That was Smith Wigglesworth. He says, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I know I just stepped on somebody's toes this morning. I'm not... Hey, you want to drink? Drink on. But let me ask you this. Does the anointing matter? Does his presence matter? You see, let me tell you something, folks. I'm even going through something right now about Coca-Cola. I love soda pop. I don't think you can go to hell for soda pop. But guess what? You can't go to hell for gluttony. And I'm, I'm doing, you know, it's, it's hard. But you know what? John, can you come here just for a minute? I'm not, I promise not to humiliate you. Yeah. Here. If all I do is thinking about what I can't have and what I can't drink, but when I look at this man, this perfect specimen of a... This, this vision, this, 
I, I'm, I'm talking to John all the time. I'm asking, don't leave yet here. When I look at this guy, I say, there's hope for Ray. Putting the coke down doesn't become so bad because I can be like this guy. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Give that guy a hand. The Bible says this, without a vision, the people perish. If all you're thinking about, well, Pastor Ray told me, can't drink, can't smoke, can't drink, can't drink, can't even drink Coca-Cola, can't take my medication, can't do, can't do that. I'm not honoring God. I, I'm so bad and I'm broken. I'm messed up. And I, if, if that's all you heard this morning, you didn't hear. No one's here sitting there saying, bad girl, bad boy, bad, bad. No, no. God's saying that he has redeemed us and he has empowered us with the Holy Spirit and he has given us amazing promises. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4, that through these promises we may be changed into his divine nature. My goal is Jesus. I want to be like him. I don't want you to be like me. I'm a failure. But he's not. There's forgiveness. There's healing with him. But you need a vision. You need to know that being casual about sin, being casual about people who draw you in to certain ways of living and attitudes, and just being casual, it's dangerous. Sometimes you have to draw a line and say, you know what, we've been around these people and every time we're around them, they seem to pull us away from the house of God. They Pull us away from our passion in Jesus. They seem to pull us into sin. Any young man that comes to a young lady and says, let's have sex. I want to tell all young ladies right now, that guy does not love you. He's using you. And he's pulling and destroying the anointing in your life. Your body was meant for something greater than being used as a sexual tool. Your body is meant to be the very dwelling place and sanctuary and tabernacle of the presence of God. You were created for him. Anything less than that. In Jesus' name, slap his face. Get out. You may have, of course, that could be battery right there. Just slap his hand, slap anything, say, my body will be honored by you or we are done. Good preaching, Pastor Ray. Well, Pastor Ray, that may mean I have to end that relationship. Good. That way God will give you somebody better. How many of you, how many of you like people that honor you? God wants to honor you. God wants to honor this place. He wants to honor, but he wants us to honor his presence in his presence. He wants us to recognize that he is holy. Who is it that shall ascend until the hill of the Lord? Who is it that shall enter his holy place? But he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. How many of you want clean hands and a pure heart? I want that. I don't care if I have a church of 5,000, 50, or 5. I just want to know, does anybody want the Lord? Does anybody want God in their life? I do. I don't want to be an Eli. 
I don't want to just kind of kick sin under the streets. Just, well, you know, it's just in God's time. God will deal with it. That's what Eli did. Had a casual attitude. Parents, check your children's iPhones and iPads for pornography. You have the right to ask questions. Yesterday at our men's breakfast, we were dealing with a very difficult subject. 78% of young boys between 13 and 30, 78% are now into pornography. And you know what? We've got parents that are not putting filters. By the way, I myself used to have an issue with porn. My wife has filters on all of my computers, and I want it. Wives, ask your husbands. Have you been into porn lately? Ask them. Well, boy, that's going to put condemnation. No. Tell them this. It's because I love you. I'm your wife. There's only one body you need to look at, and that's mine. Good preaching, Pastor Ray. How many of you believe God wants us free? He really wants us free. He wants you free. Free, free, free. But it's going to take some backbone. It's going to take some serious integrity on your part. I I want to tell you something. I'm a little tired. I I, I appreciate, again, the gospel, the good news, the love of the Father, new identity, the grace of God. All that's important. But God's grace and God's love in this new identity is not just so we can continually to live casual. God wants you on fire for him. What does Luke, Revelations 3 say about a lukewarm church? Bible says, because you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. I don't want that. I want to be on fire. Can we stand to our feet? This morning, the Lord said to me, Sister, I want you to share this. I want to visit this house with my presence, but there's a price. Are we willing to let go and let God be God over every area? Or are we just going to ride and kick the pricks like Eli did, kick at the sacrifice? In other words, he took a casual light attitude towards what God was saying. I don't want to do that. And I love you too much. I really do. I love you too much to let things just slide. He loves us. Jesus loved his disciples. He warned them. He loved them. He encouraged them. Father, we just come before your grace, throne of grace this morning to obtain mercy. Maybe this morning you may say, you know, Pastor Ray, there's some things that need to change in my life. I need a renewing in my heart. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. I want to pray with you. Okay, I see your hands. Anyone else? see some things that I need the Lord to transform in my heart. 
If you'd like, I'd like you folks to come down. I want to pray over you. We're going to break some stuff here. I want you to come right now. Feel free to come. Right now. I need my leaders up here too. Can you pray, minister? God's going to break some stuff. There's some generational curses God wants to break off too. There's some things that God wants to do in an amazing way. In Jesus' name. I want the rest of us to lift your hands right now. Father, we thank you that you're the God. You're God Jehovah. You're the God of the present. You're a healing God. You're a delivering God. You're a faithful God. And Lord, you come to reveal your power. And you come to anoint us with fresh fire. And Lord... We will not look back. We come and surrender and dedicate ourselves to you afresh. We ask you to fill our hearts with righteousness, fill our hearts with a fresh vision that we have been created in your image to live a life that glorifies you in everything. Not just in small things or large things, but in small areas. Some of us may just have an issue with an attitude. Unforgiveness. You just can't forgive. You can't forget what someone did. And the Lord is saying, it's time to move on. It's time to receive his grace and realize you don't have to stay in that prison of offense any longer. He has washed and forgiven you. And now in turn, we're to wash and we're to cover. We're to wash one another's feet. We're to bless instead of curse. We're to do good instead of evil. We're to thank those thoughts which are good instead of evil. We refuse to go back in Jesus' name. A new day, a new day, a new day in Jesus' name. A fresh anointing, fresh release of your presence and acceptance in life in Jesus' name. A new day. Oh, mighty man, oh, mighty woman of God. Amen. Fresh healing, fresh move, fresh presence. Lord, you come to do a sozo, a work of your anointing, a fresh anointing even upon us this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're the God of a beginning, a God of a fresh start. You're the God who comes to anoint us with joy because the joy of the Lord, it's our strength. Lord, we come against every lie of the enemy. We come against anything that would suppress the truth and righteousness. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that even on this Palm Sunday, there would be such resurrection life upon us, upon the young people, upon our parents. Oh, God, we're no longer limited by our small thinking. We no longer, Lord, we lift the limitations. We lift everything, Lord. We lift off the negative confessions and the wrong values in Jesus' name. And we confess, we stand on the promises of God's word right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everyone say this with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing is 
is impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing is impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Lord. What a delight. You are, the Lord just gave me this vision. You're an amazing rose in a flower garden. And God is causing a blossoming to happen in your life. you're, You're a mother. There's a wisdom on you. You are a mother, right? Are you a grandmother too? I just see little tiny flowers all around you. And it's like you're dripping with honey on these little flowers. And I want to say, it's making a difference. Don't stop believing. You have walked through some stuff that is so difficult. I I even see some things, separations and some weird stuff. Is that true? Okay. I want you to know. You're maybe not like a flower, but you're like a tree. There's fruit on your tree, and within fruit there's seed. And the Lord wants you to know. He hears... He hears the sincerity and the integrity of your prayer. You're a God, you sought the Lord. You sought Him. You love the Lord. And you know, you're, you're a sensitive woman to the presence of the Lord. You love God. You've known Him a long time. You're precious in His sight. Father, just thank you for this, this woman of God. Thank you for the treasure she is. She's a mom. She's a grandmother. She's been... Just name to just let that anointing begin to spread. Have you ever seen a sunrise? When the sun comes over the horizon, the light begins to hit the valleys and the hills and the trees. Your prayers are like that sunlight that's going to start hitting these areas of darkness. As you arise in faith and you arise in what God has given you, he's given you promises. The light's going to begin to hit these areas and you're just going to see them come to life. You are a mountain-moving intercessor. Wow. Before your knees ever hit the floor, Satan is on the run. You shake hell. You know what? This is amazing. This woman is a very precious lady here. And from my first appearance, you're just a sweet lady. But the Lord just showed me you are a giant in in the spirit. You flex your muscles and the enemy runs. There is power. You know the secret of his presence. You know what it is to draw near to him. But you needed some encouragement. The Lord wants to just water you, refresh you, and he wants you to know he is for you. He's with you. He hears every prayer. The tears 
You've prayed at night. You've cried at night. Tears, tears, tears. Flowing like a river. Lord, please help. Is that right? You're in a phenomenal... Well, I wish you were at our Monday night prayer meetings. There's, there's some power in there. There's healing in your hands. You know, I don't, I, I don't know, but I almost see you like in a nursing career. Huh? Guess what? She's a nurse's aide. Huh? I, I saw you in nursing and just nursing people and being a blessing. You have this heart of a mother, but I see you nursing, refreshing and healing and giving the right medication and blessing. You're a comforter. You know, the Holy Spirit is all over you. I, I, I hope you pray for me. There's an anointing here. There's a powerful anointing here. You're a nurse's aide. I saw you in a nursing ministry, and I just sensed, you know. Do you know why the Lord gives us words of knowledge? To confirm what he said before. So he's, he's just awakening you to what he wants to do. She's, Lord, bless her nursing business. You know, you, man offers natural solutions, medical solutions, but I see you praying for the sick. And there are going to be some unbelievable, unreasonable uh, things happen in Jesus' name. Praise God. What's your name? Joyce Williams. Folks, welcome Joyce Williams, would you? Praise God. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Lord. Somebody has a testimony. Who, who does? Someone has a testimony. The Lord just showed me right now. Someone has a testimony. I know somebody does. So it was so strong. Okay? Come on up. So um, my department manager put me in a, a leadership training course last month. And so... Um, I was just telling the people that I was in the leadership training course with that, you know, I'm, I'm ready for some additional responsibilities and, um, you know, just to take on more work. The work that I do now is really easy for me, and I just, I want more more responsibility, more, more of a challenge. And I got a, um, an email yesterday. Our um, research and development director for our business said that, you know, we asked our top technical leadership in our in our business to recommend someone who could <clears throat> who could lead a multi-million um, research and development projects that we're doing and he said that um, they recommended you and you were a clear winner so I got a <laughs> position wow Lord just bless her amen like Daniel like Esther, she's come into a season and even in the kingdom for such a time as this. Let her light shine. Let her influence just, Lord, flow right through like a river to others for your glory. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Would you mind be seating just for a few, one minute? I know that our time is gone, but I need, we're going to take an offering here. Our ushers could come up right now. We're going to take our Sunday morning offering. I know I'm late, but just want to. Amen. Father, we just thank you for the, the blessing of provision in our life. We thank you that you're the God of miracles. You're the one who multiplies the loaves and the fishes. Lord, we ask you to just bless our giving, our tithes, for the extension of your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. As they're going and taking the offering, let me run through these announcements, and then I'm letting you go. I know we're late. Just to remind everybody, Monday night prayer tomorrow night, 7 o'clock here. Tonight, there's only two life groups, my life group, in David Galligan's life group. And David, what park are you at? Where? Firefighters Park. Firefighters Park in Saxe. Okay, you might want to talk to her. I might be saying that wrong. Uh, my life, Our life group over here on Sahara Drive, Carol and I will be having a life group, and then David and Kim's at Firefighters Park. Uh, Wednesday night class, Breaking Strongholds, other classes. Next Sunday, by the way, Easter Sunday, uh, we have some, by the way, just let, we're asking everybody to invite people. Um, we're going to be buying several dozen donuts so you can grow in your waistline. Amen. From 9.15 to 10, we want to give everybody free donuts and coffee next week uh, for everybody next Easter Sunday. 9.15 to 10 o'clock. Uh, <clears throat> and also, I just want to let everybody know we're going to be having a pastor, Dave Scrivens from Beaverton, Oregon, next month, May 20th. be a powerful uh, weekend on, on issues on deliverance and freedom. Uh, and also, this month on the 19th, on a Wednesday night, we're going to be having a water baptism class. If you've not been baptized in water... We pray that you will consider that. We will have a class at 6 p.m. Wednesday night before the 7 o'clock time or baptism. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, we realize the vision of this house and the destiny. Lord, as we respond as a kingdom of priests, as we respond to your, your grace and your love towards us. Lord, just be with us as we go. I pray for refreshing and life upon each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.